Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey. You know it, right here on BlackCityRadio.com. What up, what up, what up? I am so glad to be back with you guys. I can't believe that we have been doing this show since November of 2021. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. I just love it. Um, I just love it. I love the people that come on um, and and are my guests. And if you are um, an expat that has moved to any other part of the world and would like to be considered for an interview on BlackSitRadio.com with me, um, please do reach out and let me know. Um, see what your what your story is and what you what you working with. But um, in the meantime. You know how it is sometimes. I ain't got time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile, honey, because I have a guest on today. And um, it's Deborah Valerie. And she is with 60 plus Black women expats. Okay, the premier Black women expats group for uh, women 60 and above out there. Period. Full stop. You understand? And um, Deborah is doing so much for the community. And I, I was saying that a lot of the women who come on our tours are over 60. And most of them come on our tours by themselves. And they have the audacity, honey child, to get their residency and move to Panama all by themselves. And it's um it's just an amazing phenomena. I just think that it's um courageous um for sisters to be doing their thing. You know, we're at this place in our lives where we need to be doing our thing. Uh, we definitely need to be doing our thing because we have earned it. And the group is not just for women 60 and above. Um, you know, just anybody who can uh, identify with being a woman of some substantial age and and being an, a black expat a lot of times the the situations you know and the similarities between a woman that is in her 40s and in her 60s they kind of parallel to some degree because by that time in life all of us are either um either dealing with maintaining our health or or um any you know, variety of, of minor, maybe, or major uh, health issues. But even as on the younger side, uh, when you're not dealing so much with the degeneration of everything, you are becoming more conscious that you have to work at staying healthy. So a lot of times what we do have in common is that we are looking for places that have good health care. So, um, Anyway, with that said, I'm not going to hold you because we got a great conversation coming up for you. I'm going to bring Deborah on the line. You know the deal. You know the deal. Just hang in with me. I'll be right back with our guest for the day, Deborah Valerie. Um, so hold on. I'll be right back. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlacksandRadio.com. Hang tight. 
Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expat in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEEP community platform, or BCP, that can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events, you can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well, and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Deborah Valerie, how we doing? I am doing fine. Well, we, because Tyson, my dog, is here with me, so we are doing fine. <laughs> oh, man, he gets to travel so much. Yes, he, he's an international dog, Mexico and now Ecuador. Because <laughs> he was in Mexico with you last year, right? He was in Puerto Vallarta. Wow. Yes, yes Wow. So, okay, so tell us, tell us about yourself, where you're from, um, how you ended up in, in Ecuador. Just, just run it, girl. Tell us about it. All righty, I'll do that. Uh, my name is Deborah Ann Valley. I am a native Texan from Beaumont, Texas, but I live most, all my adult life in uh, Dallas, Texas. After graduating from UT, I settled there, never left in terms of residents, but I've traveled all over the world. And I have, I'm now what you call an influencer, I guess. I have a YouTube channel as well as a Facebook group. Uh, and they're both called 60 Plus Black Women Expats, which are Black women in their senior years who decided to live abroad. And now after doing a boots on the ground in one location, I decided on Manta, Ecuador. I arrived here January 11th and I'm officially in an expat capacity. <laughs> wow, that is so cool. So when did you start the 60 plus group? Do you remember? I remember exactly. It's exact. It's two years old. It's coming up on three years on March the uh, 13th, the night of the midnight of March 13th, actually, the long, I was reading how to set up the YouTube group, and I think it launched on March 15th, so wow. three years ago, yeah. Yes, March 15th. Okay, so that is 2020. Yeah. Started in 2020. So that was like, so you started it like right in COVID. Absolutely. I, I was home. I had watched... Uh, Stephanie Perry, whom I love, mm -hmm. and discovered that Black women uh, have feet and not roots, and they can get up and leave. <laughs> so you have I, I, I love that. I love and, that. And that resonated with you. So, it resonated with me. So you were, watching, you were watching Stephanie Perry at that time. So you were already thinking to yourself that you might be an expat. 
No, no. No? And that, that's what's strange is because I love travel as part of my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I retired and had grandkids uh, and divorced and, and emptiness and by myself, I just kind of settled in like, oh, well, this is life. I'm just going to be a grandmother here in Dallas and forgot all about how much I enjoy international travel and how I would say, oh, I'm going to come back here and live one day. Totally forgot about that. She brought all of that back to uh reality and and uh feasibility yeah so now you were watching so you were watching youtube videos that's how you came across her yep so you had already been a person to watch youtube videos before you started on this track yes so you yeah. would just watch what i'm always curious about people watching videos so you would just watch random stuff or i'm always into the educational stuff hmm. um I love doing research as a former financial certified financial planner and stockbroker. Everything was research, research and, and pretty fast paced. And I liked and I wanted to learn more about technology. I didn't want the world to pass me by with tech, all this new technology. And YouTube offered courses on this is what this app is for and this is what this. I have no idea how Stephanie Perry cross my path, but I do believe it was divine intervention and faith yes. that she did that. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you saw Stephanie Perry. <laughs> I am because it just put you on a whole different track. And then you actually, you know, created a whole movement. So I love the story about how you started following Stephanie and you started asking questions and how Stephanie and Rashida um, actually encouraged you to start your own group. Yeah, they, they got Stephanie got sick of me, I guess, trolling her. Every time she went live, she's on a regular schedule every Saturday morning around nine o'clock. So I would tune in and I have a whole list of questions that pertain to seniors, right? And so she was constantly saying, I don't, well, I'm not that age. That's not something I'm face with or whatever. And so finally, maybe after the fourth Saturday, she said, well, Deborah, why don't you start your own group? <laughs> I, thought, I didn't think she was serious until 15 minutes later and several comments of people my age who had also been lurking said, yeah, do it. Wow. And she came and said, what's the name of your group? And I was like, oh, she's serious. I started that night. Wow. And, and, you know, it is right. It is a, um, it is a niche. It is a niche audience. And, you know, we've been doing our relocation tours for um, some time now. We're going to get ready to hit two years in May. And I'm telling you a lot, I, I need to be better with, with statistics, but a lot of our guests are 60 plus women. Yes. Anyway. And it was a lot a- a void because not only did after Stephanie was the first, but then I started uh, following who was following her. So Adelia solo uh, solo travels and Rashida, uh, she don't lose. I started watching all of them, and they weren't addressing issues specific to seniors, uh-huh. senior black women. Mm-hmm. It was and, a void, and it is important. And I think that from one senior to another, it's encouraging 
you know, seniors have this thing in common where, you know, we've already had quite, we already have quite a bit of life behind us. <laughs> okay. We have quite a bit of life behind us. And a lot of times we get to this place in life where we've spent a lot of time in life doing things for other people doing things for other people, you know, I, it's just so liberating to be able to buy a house wherever you want, you know, and not consider the school district. I'll never forget that feeling. I'll never forget the first house where I just did not care, never asked about the school system. My daughter was in her first year of college and for the first time ever, um, as me being a parent, I, I was not concerned about the school system. It was just like, we like this house and we go get it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. <laughs> but we don't realize this is the best time of our life. We have raised the kids and sometimes the husbands and we've had the career and we've had the family house and we've downsized and sometimes Society and the people around us will tell us we just need to sit there, watch the grandkids grow up, and and forget about, you know. But we're in great health. We're in great health, basically sound mind, and now our resources are just at our disposal. We're not putting kids through school. Uh, it's, it's a freedom time, and I wanted the group, the whole part of my group is to support senior uh, women who want black women who want to do this because oftentimes, even in my family, so why, why you want to leave the U.S.? Why you want, where, how you going to leave church people? How you going to leave your grades? Yeah. I said, the same American Airlines that threw me into Montauville, fly me back to Dallas, and guess what? My grandkids have passports and they are coming to this. Now, you better, you better talk about that passport thing. Uh -oh. You know, and listen, put it to them like that. And it's like, listen, we have to stop seeing the world as so small. And that is how, and, and, and guess what? Nowadays, it ain't, it's not Big Mama and um, Nana all the time, honey. It's Glamma and G-Mom and Gingy and, you know, because you're 60. <laughs> Is the new 40. Yeah, absolutely. The new 40, you play your cards right. And you know, they used to always say that beauty is wasted on the young. And I think you have to have a few years on you to really understand that. Uh, because I really feel like now, if I was the brick house that I used to be <laughs> when I was. If I was the brick house that I used to be when I was younger and had all of this I have up in his head now, that that's just, it's dangerous. I would just be dangerous, you know? Um, yes. And so now, you know, we have to work a little harder at, you know, keeping our bodies up and staying in good shape. But the 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 incentive for me is to live out the last years of my life in a big way, to live out loud. Yeah, yeah. I want to take care of me the way I've taken care of everyone that I love in my life. Yes. I want to put me first. I put 
And I don't, I have no regrets about putting children first and stuff like that. I think that was our responsibility. I don't regret it. I have wonderful kids and grandkids. My grandkids have wonderful parents. And so I see my becoming an expat and I want residency, not just in Ecuador, but Ecuador, probably Panama, Portugal, at least in uh, two other countries because that's options. And I see my becoming an expat as setting up a trail for my family, for them. I especially got a two bedroom so they can come and visit and they can see, I want my grandkids to know how big this, how small this world is. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and we're showing them that. And it's important because we definitely need to know that we have options. And yeah. so I'm gonna get to um I wanna get to we'll get back to 60 plus, but I wanna get to your getting to Ecuador. So I know that it was a process for you. Like, you know, because you just didn't say Ecuador is it. So you didn't say that. I remember you checked out Vallarta. Uh, I followed you along your journey. And tell me, what has your process been with regards to making that decision, to, to coming to this conclusion? Well, as, as I said earlier, I'm a researcher by nature. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to I'm going to turn over rocks and, and everything. I'm going to talk to more than one person. I'm not going to watch one YouTube channel and decide, oh, I'm going to move there. Right. <laughs> As uh, Trevor Noah, who was one of my favorites, said, he said, if you want to know what's going on, speak to a Black woman because she cannot afford to make mistakes. She has to know what's going on. Come on now. And I was like, he is so right. So I couldn't make... Uh, a careless mistake. You're, you're not going to always know everything, but you want all the odds in your favor. And so healthcare, climate, ease of travel, community, affordability, uh, all, all of that was, was in the making because I needed to know, uh, is it on a dollar? Is it a, a country that allows freedom of religion? I mean, my laundry list was very long, but it's because that's my life. If I'm going solo, I don't have, I can't get there and say, this not working out, let me go spend the night with my daughter, my sister. No, no. So I have to know as much as I can before I go. Okay. And that's how, so it was, a, there was a lot in the pool and it just kind of get, you know, the fish kept getting thinner and thinner. You just, thought, you, just, you just kept eliminating. Yeah. Yeah. So you got down to, so what was the last three? Uh, oh, the last, Panama. Mm -hmm. Panama, Mexico, and, and Ecuador. It was four, and Portugal. Uh, Mexico raised their, um, was required because you when you when you come and you want to be a resident of a country, that country sets all the rules as they should, and so they don't want people coming into their economy being a drain. You have to prove that you can support yourself, uh, and so you have to have proof of income. And seniors can use Social Security. A lot of people don't think that they're like, I got to stay in the U.S. to draw my Social Security. No, you don't. <laughs> ATMs all over the world. You just 
Have it go to your U.S. bank, go to ATM or whatever country you're in. It's going to uh, take out, it's going to spit out that country's currency. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's that you get it started in the States. That it right. okay. is recommended that you get that thing, set everything up while you're there. Yeah. And then where that direct deposit go, listen, you ain't got to run to the mailbox no more for stuff. Come on now. So, okay. It's going, right, it's going to Chase, Bank of America, Citibank, whatever, USAA. Yes. Keep, keep that in the, in the U.S. Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying to trust these uh, foreign countries' uh, banking system. No, no, no. I want to keep it right there in the U.S. You absolutely want to keep those financial roots. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Yes, and okay. So, so that was that was it. Uh, those were, so Mexico raised what you had to prove your income was, okay? Was and that recently? Yes, yes. Mexico has been doing that consistently for the past three years because of its close proximity and, and several of the U.S. borders. That's an easy jump. That's an easy jumping point and start off point. Everybody goes to Mexico first and then they might go somewhere else. And because I'm in Texas, it was really easy for my family to, to digest Mexico. Oh, she's just up the road, you know? Yes. And so I, I did that. I eliminated Puerto Vallada, uh, which is absolutely beautiful. But that particular community, as large as it is, there weren't many in my age group. Hmm. And so I, it was like, well, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not going back to work, uh, per se. So um, I started, because my group is international, I was hearing from all over the world about the Black communities. And Jewel, who is the, the admin for uh, Ecuador, for uh, African-American expats in Ecuador part two, uh, mm-hmm. kept posting all these pictures and I kept seeing all these people my age, having a good time. Between Panama and, <laughs> and Monta, y'all having a good time. Yeah. So, looking at the pension out of visa in, 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 in Panama with all the discounts and I'm looking at it in Ecuador and I, it, it was really close, really close. And so uh, I said, okay, I'm going to jump out here in, uh, in, in Ecuador. And uh, I interviewed a couple of people. I liked what I heard from them. Uh, that was over a year ago. And it kept growing. More and more seniors were coming. So does Ecuador have a pensionado type program? Yes. Yes, you get discounts in the grocery. As soon as you get your cedular, after you get your, your visa, and I've already started the process. And so um, I liked the fact that I could ask questions in that group and several people would chime in. And I tell people 60 plus black women expat is your starting point to investigate all over the world. You know, we got Africa, Indonesia, they're in that group. And once you decide, hey, I wanna, I want to find out about that particular area, that's when you ask that person, what's the name of the local group? Because that's who is going to feed you what's going on in that particular city. Okay. Because- so um, how, how do people find local groups? You find the local groups in the, in the how do you find local groups? The international group, which is why I made mine an international group. I wanted 
the admin from every black women who are living in that country who have a Facebook group or YouTube channel to join my group because it's international. So when somebody says, oh, anybody, any black people live in Malaysia, any any black people live in Shanghai or, or Beijing or whatever, somebody, there's always somebody, yeah, so-and-so lives there. I just left there. I go there so, so many times a year. That's your starting point. Once you connect with that person, don't ask that person a thousand questions. Ask that person, what's the name of the local group? Because often it doesn't have black in the name. It might be brothers. Some of them are brothers and sisters on the other side of the track, uh, non-sphere people, urbanites, or whatever. We help. We get creative with those names. And yes. so, but the person who has lived there for a period of time got connected, and they can tell you that's the group. So that's where you start the real investigation in terms of asking questions. What's the cost of living? Uh, Airbnbs? Um, do I long-term lease? Do I have to sign an 18-month lease, a six-month lease? Do I have to pay this amount up front, whatever? Um, and, and just everything, what the medical cost is and stuff like that. I'm just putting that together. That I, I mean, Deborah, that is... What a service that is. See, my, my, um, that, that is just an amazing service because you are like a nucleus. Yeah. And you're a nucleus. And I hope that the people who you allow to be on your page, I hope that they can recognize and appreciate the benefit that you're giving to not only them as group leaders but also to the community to get the right connections. I just put that together. I just put that together that, you know, that is, that is your, you know, that your group serves that purpose. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a good thing. And the other good thing about your group is that my group is, my main group is Black expats in Panama, right? Um, but I have other groups. I don't, I, the group that, that I have in the company that I have that would, the closest to what you're doing is Black Expats Worldwide. Black mm -hmm. Expats Worldwide is, you know, that's when we throw everything in there. Like you, you come there and you might see, you know, people from different places. I put different information in the group. But what I find is that my group still kind of departmentalized. So it's still the Black Expats in Mexico the Black expats in Ghana, the Black expats in Cartagena. We have Black expats in Medellin, Black expats in Belize, Black expats in Brazil. So I have a lot of Black expat groups and then Black expats worldwide. But I like that you have been able to provide that service and that people can come to your page and see people, because it's interesting to me because I see people talk about different countries. And so it's like, you know, because that's like Ecuador is like doing the most. Ecuador, <laughs> what? The black people in it? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it hadn't hit until someone in the group was living there and posting, and those pictures were gorgeous and everything. Like Veracruz, Veracruz, Mexico. Uh, we had a woman that lived there. Beautiful uh, uh, apartment right on the, the water and everything, but it didn't have community. 
And after a year or two, she moved to Mazalan, Mexico, where there was a little bit more of a Black community. Seniors, yes. we have time on our hands. We want to have fun with people our age who look yes. like us. Yes. So my group was really focused on what Black women need, because it is a women-only group. And yours yes. is bigger new women and all ages. But my I want something that was going to support because I think we need the most support. Um, we need to hear what it, it's like for a woman who's living alone to pick up and move on the other side of the world. We need as many answers as possible from people who look like us. A person of another race might say it's a wonderful place, but it doesn't apply to me. If, if I get there and they don't like people of this you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and some of the things... Some of the things that we experience as people of color, um, there are things that don't even cross the minds. Of it, it, you it know, what I'm they don't even. It doesn't even cross the minds of others. So it does make a difference. It's not racist. You know, people say, "Why well, got to be black?" Sometimes it just needs to be. I mean, you know, we're taking a risk. Um, nowadays, we're learning so much online that people are moving without going. So. Tell me this. Did you do a recon in Ecuador? She, she can't tell me where to find a lot of tissue. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She cannot tell you where to find a loctician or the best R&B either. Or, you know, certain people like to go to churches that have certain flavor and rhythm. Um, and we will recognize those things when we see them. So, but there's so much. I mean, nowadays, if you just think about you know, just how things have evolved and even how COVID has affected the whole expat um, situation. COVID, number one, gave us the, I mean, just absolutely validified working abroad. I mean, working remotely. Yeah. And working remotely can transcend to working abroad. There were people that left the U.S., when when the, when the when the border when the borders was open and they were yeah. doing that remote digital thing from other places, yeah. now the U.S. Yeah. tried to crack down and get people back into uh, those offices, but it opened that door. And they're not so, going back. That's why the we got opening. They're not going back. They yeah. figured out they have a skill set. They have a talent that can make money. And they and now they are in control. A lot of them are in control of, of their, where they're going to be, where they're going to be located, and, and things like that. And the other thing COVID did was make us really appreciate being together because we had to be alone, and that was very scary. And so it really heightened the importance of community. It really did. And so, uh, yeah. How did you handle? How did you handle COVID? Were you mainly alone during the COVID process? Uh, I I got I've always loved dogs, and I usually always had a dog. When COVID, the I think first of March or whenever when they announced it, at that time I didn't have a dog. I went out and got a dog. That's when all the dog shelters emptied because um, people. Oh. <laughs> and when they lived the COVID, a lot of people brought their dogs back. That's that's, that's a whole other story. But they emptied the the the, the dog shelters because. Um, they wanted companionship and it gave you a reason to walk outside. 
I know that was when you got your dog. That's when I got Tyson. Yeah. Before that, I had parents. Like I said, always I raised my kids with dogs. I love dogs. But that particular time, and I don't know why I didn't have a dog. Uh, she was in Beaumont, and I was going to go get her, but we were locked down. So I went to the shelter, and I got Tyson. <laughs> so was Tyson already grown? Because he's a big boy. He he's two years old. He was two years. I didn't want a puppy. Didn't want yeah. a puppy. Uh, I didn't want a puppy. I wanted um I'm pretty good at dogs, so I knew how to pick a dog. You know, I want to go get a dog that had been on the street and it was a stray. I could tell he had been very well taken care of and probably had gotten lost from his owner who didn't claim him in time. And uh, so I got Tyson. I wanted a, a dog that was already housebroken and stuff like that. I wanted a smart dog, so I knew what breed to look for. He was a perfect fit. Is Tyson a German Shepherd? No, Tyson is half uh, American Staffordshire which is the fancy name for Pitbull. He's okay. half Pitbull and he's half Plowhound, which is a real rare type of uh, hound. I think it originated in um, between Germany and England. But Henry Plot was the guy he bred them to be brindle colored. He's like a little tiger. So that brindle color, he bred them for that. Yeah. And, and I love him because he's, my pit was 80 pounds. I didn't want a dog that big. Uh, he's 50. 54, 58 pounds. Well, he's still a big boy. But <laughs> the, the thing that I think is so sweet for, with that is, you know, the I heard about the, the rush for the pounds. And then when when the do when everything opened back up, these dogs were neglected again in some instances. But no, you went you with Dr. Tyson. Um, during COVID. And since then, I mean, you are so dedicated to him that you've just taken him everywhere with you. It's yeah, like you, I, didn't, you didn't abandon him because you wanted to go to Mexico or you didn't abandon him because you decided to move to Ecuador. That's beautiful. It was expensive because Mexico was really, all I had to do is, you know, show a shop records, everything was up to date. But Ecuador requires a USDA certification, which is in Dallas with 314 additional dollars uh, just for that that little certification to yeah. say another person to say, yeah, he's in great health. Uh, and he had to get a parasite shot and everything, but uh, he's he's a registered, I mean, he is a service dog. I trained him as a service dog. So he actually flies in the cabin with me. So in Panama is um, like Ecuador, they have a little bit more restrictions and requirements for dogs too. So I mean, some people have little issues coming through. Now, let me ask you this. You had mentioned that the lady had gone to Veracruz, Veracruz in Mexico. See, I, I think that Veracruz is one of the places that has a richer black culture than yeah. like your Mexico City and your uh, Vallarta and places like that. So I'm surprised that she didn't there, but there's no like black community there. Yeah, in terms of black Americans, black now, Americans are all everywhere, but those are black Mexicans, and that's a whole yeah. different experience. Yes, yeah. those in the in the group too, and they speak like Oaxaca is really into. Uh, Oaxaca, Mexico, they're really into celebrating all the, the, the richness of Mexico uh, and it's, it's the indigenous Black people there and stuff yes. like that. 
Black Americans, that's a whole nother thing. We have a whole different frame of reference. So tell me then, and you like healthcare was on your list. How did you how did you find the healthcare in Ecuador? I mean, and and did you do a recon? Did I, I ask you that? I don't remember the answer. I, I didn't do a boots on the ground here. I did, and I would recommend people do uh, a boots on the ground. I I was at a point of I I needed to leave. I needed to go. I I had enough information. Uh, if I didn't go then, I probably would have waited another year because I had done, it's like over-research at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you're just stalling. And I had a girlfriend that you, that told me, I talked about the court of so much. She said, I don't want to hear another word till you buy a ticket, okay? <laughs> so uh, I had all my ducks in a row. And no, I don't just listen to, to YouTube videos. Uh, International Living Magazine, uh, The Earth Awaits. There, there's so many uh, organizations that uh, the U.S. State Department will, will do the research. And for instance, I think Ecuador is rated like number eight in healthcare, where the U.S. is like number twenty-seven. And so, yeah, yeah. And we about that. You, no, no. And people are like, well, what are you going to do if you need to go to the doctor? I said, I'll probably have the doctor's cell phone number. Yeah, exactly. And Same. people people from the U.S. go, what? Because we're used to answering service who will pass it on to the doctor and the doctor may respond within 48 hours or the doctor may call out a prescription. Whatever is so hands off. Uh, and it's because of the capitalist, capitalistic system it's not that our doctors don't want to provide care, but they have to work with the system that they have. If the insurance companies are going to pay them, they have to get this test, this test, and, and they have to or they won't get paid. So we have wonderful doctors, but it's hard for them to give us the care that they need because this is not if these other countries have a whole different uh, system of delivering their health care. Panama is the same way. You get the doctor's phone number. Yes. Yes. You get the doctor's phone number. wait three weeks for a test. They send you to, when I was in uh, Mexico, I had four fillings done. She did the entire work up and said, come back tomorrow. I'm waiting for a bill. And she's like, oh, let's do it tomorrow. That would never happen. Never happen. Child, look. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I was walking slowly to the door like, is this a trick? <laughs> yeah. She did the x-rays, all this work, which costs money, and said, come back tomorrow. She's like, when well, you're going to get the building done, right? Beautiful feelings. Excellent care. The wow. doctor spoke no English, but her assistant spoke perfect English. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that that that's a big draw. In Ecuador, do they use U.S. currency? Yes, they're on the dollar, so I didn't have to worry about pesos. <laughs> I, I was. was yeah, I spent some time in Colombia, and I said, "Lord of mercy, I just don't know about." It. I mean, I on <laughs> tips. You know, you look down at this bill, and it says like ten thousand, and I'm thinking, well, it's gotta be something. Lord have mercy. I, I ain't got time to do all that equations and I can't. It's, it's the I, tables on the phone. 
that wasn't a problem for me because I worked with numbers in my career as a stockbroker financial planners, number one part of my life. So that that didn't eliminate Mexico. Like I said, they're raising the the, the income requirement, what eliminated Panama. I wanted to be dropped down right into the expat community, which okay. is usually these countries know we're coming with American dollars to spend uh, that, that drives the prices up. Okay. And okay. I know about the Panama, I wanted to be right in the city. Panama City, I wanted to be around the, the expat communities and all of that kind of stuff. And it was going to cost me a little bit more than to drop right down in the center of the expat community okay. in, in Monta. That's that's a very good that's a very good point because I before you started talking about Ecuador I'd only known one other person and I gotta I gotta see if she's still there because you know back then this was before this was before COVID this was before like expat communities really popped off and stuff and she was in Ecuador and she but she said she was in Ecuador because it was so much cheaper than living in Panama so that's why she had chosen so. Back then, at least, she was thinking that there was a significant difference for her. Uh, but you were talking about, you know, being able to just be dropped down in the heart of everything where you don't have to drive, you easy to get the things, you know, do they have, have Uber in Ecuador? No, oh, they're taxi. Well, I don't know about all of Ecuador, I know Manta. So I can only speak to Manta experience. Yeah. In Manta, $3 in a taxi will just get you. Pretty much everywhere, all all around Monta. They have taxis, yeah. but they don't have uh, Uber or in, any other app. They have Uber Eats. They don't have Uber. Uber <laughs> Eats, but not Uber. Okay, okay, okay. And most people, once they get here, they will use uh, their own personal driver because you'll decide out of the taxi the different services. This guy. Um, his whole family has taxis and they'll just become your driver. So if I'm going somewhere, I'll call a particular person that do you have a driver that can pick me up uh, where I am at this time? And you'll just say, yeah, so and I, who's, you know, give me the person's name. And by now I'm starting to know them. And uh, it's like, hey, Deborah, <laughs> thank you where I need to go. I'm trying to, there's another system here called, um, that is competing with Uber and it's it's called um iRide. Yeah. Yeah. And you can actually offer, you can make an offer mm-hmm. for what you want to pay to get to your destination. And then I guess the drivers on the app compete, but there is no, but you have to pay cash when you get them. So yeah, we, they have that in Mexico too. I saw Mexico and Panama have more options than yes. we have here. Monta is not the biggest city. Quito is the uh, capital, and Cuenca is also a, a larger city. But I wanted to be on the coast. I wanted to be to look out and see the ocean, and that was a personal peace of mind thing I wanted to make happen. So Ecuador, the Spanish is language. I'm sorry, the language is Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the language is the language is Spanish, and you said that you're in Mata. Mm-hmm. About two hours from Panama, and the we're building an international airport. We're going to have direct flights to Panama because of the tour of Black Expat in Panama, yes. uh, the relocation tours is combining with 60 plus black women expats and we're having our first meetup 
in Panama April 15th. <laughs> on tax day. Tax day. Tax day. day. So I'm so excited about that because it's going to be an international meetup in Panama. And uh, that's going to be awesome. So it's something that you could consider doing in other countries as well. So we're really yeah. looking forward to, to greeting you and having you on this end. I know we've had quite a few signups already. And uh, the women are extraordinarily excited. They're even chatting with each other on the 60 plus Facebook group. Like one conversation today was, hey, I'm looking for a roommate. <laughs> and you just chimed right in. Chimed right in. And they're like, why did you pick, uh, uh, why didn't you pick Mantle? Why didn't you pick Mexico? Why did you pick Panama? I mean, it, because Charlotte already has a system in place that is you already sold out. I'm watching your tour being sold out. I'm seeing the response of people, how satisfied and happy they are. And so it's like, I can't do it all. I don't, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. And then you say, you do it. I'm like, oh, oh, all right, she's going to take us. <laughs> We can, we can we can do it and it gives you a chance to spend time you know with your group you know leave all everything up to us um they will have an amazing time we still have um, a few um spaces left um yes. we do not overfill any uh relocation tour because we don't want them to get outside of the intimate mark so yes. There are a few spaces left. And so if people are listening and you don't even have to be more than 60, I'm not 60 and I'm in the 60 plus group. But if you can identify, I think the thing is, can you identify? Can you identify with senior women? Yeah, yes. And that's it. I mean, there's men coming and couples are coming. Uh, people are bringing their mothers and their sisters, their girlfriends or whatever. This is going to be a wonderful eye opener for those who bring people who never even thought of moving abroad, that they will get to see and talk to women of all ages. Um, because it, this this focus is come and find out what it's like, experience another country uh, yes. with people that you can talk to who live in different countries. I, I think that's something nobody should miss. And so I'm glad we still have uh, openings. I want, I want it to fill up because I think this is uh, this is the beginning of something really big. So now let me understand though on the the on the main on the main trip you're accepting others than women. You're accepting men or no? Uh, on the tour, yes. Uh, yes, yeah, some are bringing spouses. I don't know if they'll be oh, involved please. in the tour. They're just going to be. In Panama. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Because I I was under the impression that it's going to be kind of exclusively for women. Uh, because you know, we do have that one day during the tour, which is the cultural um yeah. Caribbean day where we go to Cologne and everything. And that day we open up, you yeah. know, to other people. But I just wanted to make sure because I know that your group is your group is exclusively women. Yeah. Um, yeah. the 60 plus group, and so you know, and it's it's no for us. We accommodate whoever, you know, whoever you're comfortable with from coming. So we're all right with it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Okay, I'm cool. Good. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm looking forward um, to that. I, I wanted to say something real quick about um, Ecuador that you said that kind of resonated with me. You said your senior discount, if you get a senior discount in grocery stores? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. Once you get your... Not, I, you I get never understand your, that. Once you get your uh, visa, you go through the process. And, and, and what I like... Is like what you do on your relocation tour that first day when you bring professionals there, real yes. estate people, doctors, and all that other kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And once you get here, we have like a WhatsApp group, and people are saying, "I use this doctor, I use this dentist, I use this what whatever." And and so Joel, once I let her know I I'm ready to relocate, and she started showing me places. Yes. Um, and and um. Here's the attorney that we use, and it's power uh, to use the attorney because that attorney wants to do a good job because all these other expats are are going to be his clients and or, or have been his client. So he's going to show up. He's going to do a good job. And so I, I had an attorney. I had a person who's checking out the medical because I have my, my prescriptions. Can I fill them here? Da, 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 da. And so I had all that connection going on before I even got here. Right. And that, and so, that is the way that we do it, too. It's just a little bit more defined. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times the way our medical team comes into play is we'll have people and, you know, we're older. So one of the main things that people want to know is health care, you know, health care, um, accessibility and things like that. And then, you know, we have people that are on certain medications. Excuse me. And they want to know. We don't want to be a, a, a Brittany, okay, in Russia, because what's illegal in the U.S. might be illegal in this tiny country over here. And so yeah. that's important. You don't want to find that out when they find it in your bags and customs. That's and, not the time. Well, you definitely don't. Oh, that reminds me of something I got to do. But also, the one thing, too, about the drugs over here is that sometimes they're in different doses. So mm. even though, like I have one uh, client, and even though they have her prescription, and it's not very expensive compared to what she pays for it in the United States, the problem is that, whereas let's just say, for example, her prescription is 100 milligrams. Uh, the, the, the drug only comes in 50 milligrams here. Oh, yeah. So she has to buy double mm -hmm. to, to, yeah. to satisfy the, her uh, requirement for the milligrams. And that yeah. was starting to get expensive for her. Mm -hmm. When you and figured you had to buy yeah. that, you had to buy the prescription twice. And, yeah. you know, times for everything. See, that's the kind of questions that wasn't coming up in those other groups. And I was saying, see, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can't. There's a lot of people in the group that aren't sixty. We we have eighty year olds and forty year olds. Okay, that, yeah. that's the yes. But uh, the focus was things like that because at that at, at our age group we have conditions. You know, we have we haven't taken perfect care of our bodies, and even if we have. We may have genetic stuff going on. And so where sure. Yeah, we have to make sure wherever we're going, our needs are gonna be met. Yes. 
And that's why I won't go too, too far from the United States because I need to be able to get back. I need my family to be able to get to me and, and vice versa. So yeah. let me ask you this before I let you go. Um, you know, another thing is traveling as a um, a single woman over 60. How do you feel security? Security must be high on your um, on your list um, when it comes to places, too, that you want to choose. So how, do, how have you found the security in where you are in equity? I want to deal with the ease of getting here. It was easier to get here than when I went to Hawaii or Brazil and several other places. From Vietnam, I flew right into Miami. It was like a three and a half hour flight because I had the dog and because I wanted to. I got there uh, 12.45. I spent the night because I did not want to come into Wyatt Hill at night. I was going to have a driver picking me up. So we spent the night, got on a flight at 8.50, and at 1.15, we were in Wyatt Hill. And so we were in Ecuador. So it was a four and a half hour flight I'm up from, from Miami to Ecuador. That's wow. so easy. That's so un-American, you know? So I was like, this is way too easy. And so um, in it's, terms of living, I'm in a gated community. And when huh? I say gated, when I say gated, <laughs> it's, look, the gates are down. You pull up. There's a security guard, 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week. You have to identify who you're coming to see. Yes. And then he lets you in. And then my building has 24 hour concierge. So yes, and that 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 is cool. And I'm paying less for two bedroom, three bath than I was paying for a loft, a one bedroom loft. So what are the rents like there? I mean, you're in a gated community. What's the range of rent, like some of the places that you see? With Mata, is who is your real estate agent? Okay. <laughs> they're on the go, yep. Oh, they're on the expats, boy. They think all Americans are rich. Yes. And so it's really important to get with Joel, who is well-connected with the real estate. Because exactly. He might pay 850 to 1200 for the same place exactly and yes. I, I don't know if it's the case in mexico but i think it is but here i'm, I'm in a high rise and the units are individually owned mm-hmm. so there may be i don't know i mean units i'm gonna think 100 no 75 units or whatever there may be 70 different owners so the, my owner is not my next door neighbor's owner so people right. will uh, Ecuadorians or Americans, they will buy a unit and then rent it out for income. And then yeah. in high season, if you come yeah. in high season, you're going to pay more. So, so, And people thought, they asked that a lot when I picked it, how much, how much, how much, and I never gave them the dollar amount because it wouldn't be fair because Yes. Yes. My unit That's for a range too. Yeah, yeah. That's why I asked for a range. And then also in Panama, even in selling your house, the structure is different for real estate. It's mm-hmm. like you can have more than one real estate agent visiting your house, uh, first of all. And then second of all, say, for example, and this is the part that really blew my mind. So say you tell your realtor you want to you want two hundred fifty thousand dollars for your house. But your realtor is able to get two hundred and seventy-five thousand. 
that twenty five thousand is theirs, and it's legal. It makes five percent fees and all that kind of uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's different. So knowing the rules of the game is very valuable. Having that connection, boots on the ground. Um, that's that's what we do as well. Um, boots on the ground is definitely. So let me ask you this, and I swear I'm gonna let you go. Weather. What's the weather like? Do you have a rainy season, and what is the months for for that? I was thinking I'm in the. They're saying the rainy season. Yesterday, a couple of days ago, it was raining really hard where one of our my friends lives, and it was just a sprinkle here, okay. and it sprinkled all day. I haven't needed an umbrella since I've been here. Uh, so it just depends. And I got used to growing up on the Gulf of Mexico and Beaumont. It could be raining in the backyard and the sun shining in the front yard. So I'm, yes. I'm used to that. I'm used to <laughs> yes. But because we're right on the equator, uh, sun rises at 6.30, sunsets at 6.30. Okay. okay. The temperature, I was laughing. Uh, I teased them in Dallas because they had this big freeze with 21 degrees and stuff like that. And I told them I was suffering over here because the temperature only difference is like nine degrees. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> always hot. So yeah. rainy season is from what month to what month? What, what is considered rainy season? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I don't want to misquote. I don't want to misquote. But I, I'm okay. thinking we're in the rainy season, but it's not. I was in Port of Art in the rainy season. And in a minute, it would be up to my knee. Really? In Port of Art. Yeah, yeah. And then it would drain. The drainage was excellent. So literally, I'd walk out and uh, I'd be headed somewhere, and all of a sudden, it would start raining, and it's just pouring sheets. Okay, and uh, it's filling up in the in the street. And then two hours later, it has drained, and you're walking, and it didn't stop anything. Wow. Didn't stop yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah, the rain doesn't stop anything. That experience here. <laughs> I haven't had that. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing with us about um, Ecuador. And um, I know when you when you decided that you were moving to Ecuador. So when you made that final decision that, okay, this is it. I'm moving to Ecuador. Girl, I got to let you go. Like, I, <laughs> so you made that final decision. I'm moving to Ecuador. How much time between you making that final decision and you getting on that plane? I'm going to say, and a woman brought this up the other day. She said she'd done all the work. She knew she wanted to move. She knew she wanted to move soon. What she let be her deciding factor was the date of the plane ticket. I knew I wanted to, so I'm going to say six months, six to nine months. Uh, and I started looking and shopping. I had a lot of frequent flyer miles and I didn't want to use them all up. And so I found a deal where it was the least amount of miles and that became my target, my target oh. date. And oh. that was about three months, three months out. And then it was like, oh my gosh, no more plan around. Get it done. Yeah. Once you once you put that money out for that ticket. So okay, so then you put then then that and then once you started digging in, had you started up to that point, downsizing? You okay. had already started. I, I, yeah, well, I started years. I sold the family home six years ago. 
So I had downsided from the big house and all of that, but I had been in the same place for six years and accumulated a lot and then brought a lot and had stuff in storage. I still have stuff in storage to be emptied, uh, a very small unit, thank God. And uh, I'm not worried about what's in there. They can sell it, they can give away whatever. I want to do a one glance over, uh, you know, on WhatsApp, look at what's there and just tell them what to keep it and cost. But um, I don't regret it. Wow. Yeah. And then even though you've downsized, because we had done the same thing, even though we had went from a 6,000 square feet house to ultimately the the house that we left in Virginia was about 2,800 square feet or something. But I mean, we had really downsized significantly. and But nevertheless, honey, check. When it came time to leave that joint, it was stuff, it, you know, and I always look like a minimalist. You know, my house is never cluttered. Sometimes this lady asked me one time, she said, where is everything? I was like, what do you mean? She said, I mean, the stuff, you know, and I just like, I guess I underestimated my closets. My closets. Honey, Chad, the closets. The, you know, the things I had storage, I had things in storage within the house that I just had gotten around to. And it came a point during that, during that process when I moved that I, I literally had a meltdown. Oh, I had several meltdowns. That is hard. That's hard for everybody. And I tell you, that's the value of being in that group because so many women knew what I was going through. You Okay. Because I, I told them I I'm, I can't pay attention to the group. This is this is I'm having meltdowns. I got to get rid of this stuff. I have so much stuff. Unlike you, uh, I went be, from being a, a minimalist uh, with a raising kids to when I became over the loan. It's like oh I can afford this. I can afford and and just stuff and yes. everything. And I and I'm good at uh, putting a lot of stuff in a small area. So that was not good. Because when I started pulling it out, it was like it was growing. Yes. Well, listen, I'm so looking forward to meeting you in person in April. And then I'm going to have to find my way down to Ecuador and meet you and Jewel. I have to try and get Jewel on the show because I've just heard such amazing things about her. And we've actually been invited as two panelists on a show coming up um, on H&D, Godmother's Abroad, moving a godmothers are moving abroad or something like that. So I thought that I was it. I love it. You two are the busy. She reminds me so much of you because she has um, so much going on and taking care of people and making you know, you make everything right on the tour. She makes everything right. My flight yes. was delayed. That was the day the FCC uh, stopped all air travel. Oh. Yeah, that day. That so day. I'm supposed to arrive. Daylight. Well, it gets dark early here. It was nighttime. When I pulled up, that woman was standing in front of my building with my keys and welcome home. Wow. And nothing like that. Nothing like that. That's what's up. That is what's up. And I mean, when you're going into a new place to be able to be greeted with that kind of love and attention is it just it just you can woosa, you know, and I know what you mean. I don't like coming to a place I don't know at night. I don't like doing that at all. And so I, I get that. I don't even like coming home from a trip. 
at night. I like I like to come home when I return to Panama. I like to come in the daytime. I, you know, I want to look, make sure ain't no geckos get in my house. I ain't gonna lie, shoot, I'll be making sure <laughs> ain't no geckos get in the house. You know, if, if it's nighttime, I may see them, but they gotta inspect that house, honey. When we used to be gone for like a few months at a time, they would come in, the family would come in, they go to the house, make sure ain't no geckos in there, they clean everything up. So I know when I get there, it's been inspected, and I'm good to go. So, yeah. but listen, I love to tell you. to arrive. I had planned to arrive in the daylight. Like right. Yes, with the delay. So she could have easily left the key at the front exactly. there. Like, girl, exactly. Like, girl, I'm going to leave this under the mat for you. You know, I'll speak to you in the morning. But it meant a lot. That that was a beautiful thing uh, for her to do. So tell us how to uh, reach you. And then we'll, um, and then I will chat with you, you soon. Tell us how to find you. Well, if you're a woman, you can join the Facebook group. And uh, the YouTube channel, of course, is open to everybody. 60 plus black women expat. Uh, but of course, on the YouTube channel to subscribe, you don't have to be a black woman. And you can uh, make comments there. If you want a personal touch, reach out to me there. And then I'll give you like private messaging and stuff like that. I'm not sophisticated enough yet to have an email list and all that kind of stuff. I'm building that. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I will talk to you soon and I will see you in Panama, my love. April 15th. <laughs> April 15th. Bye. That's right. Yeah, you might well, I'm trying to make you change your mind about Ecuador. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> well, Panama is great for you. Only two hours away. <laughs> I know, that's right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And there you have it. Isn't she just an amazing breath of fresh air? I mean, she is so happy. And if you follow her on her YouTube channel or join her group on Facebook and see like the experience that she had during this process of moving, you know, it is not for the faint at heart. Um, for those of you who have not started your journey yet, take advantage of the information that we're bringing to you where people are giving their live and real experiences because you can learn from that and make it a little bit easier on yourself. Most people at our age, <clears throat> I'm almost 60, and Deborah is in her 60s, you know, we got a lot of stuff. No matter how you slice it, we got a lot of stuff. Even if it don't look like you got a lot of stuff, trust me, believe it, girlfriend, you got a lot of stuff. So just start, you know, while you're watching TV and you know, chilling at this point and just thinking and dreaming about your next international location. Look, grab a box while you're watching TV and go through it, especially the papers for me, because, you know, papers you just can't throw away. You got to make sure, you know, everything is everything. You got to kind of take more time with um, papers and stuff and um, try to start right now and go into a more digital format for things like you know, instead of keeping a paper copy of everything, if you don't absolutely have to have that paper copy, store it, store it in a cloud or a computer or something like that. Um, so that'll be, that's one tip that will definitely um, help you as you prepare for this journey. Listen, we doing this, we doing the thing, y'all, we doing the daggone thing. And I really want to encourage you to go ahead and book your trip 
for the 60 plus um, special group that we have coming to Panama, April 15th through the 19th. Um, I want to say the price, the double occupancy price on that for the five days is $1,650. And then you just need your airfare, <clears throat> plenty of meals included. You stay in the amazing accommodations of um, Torres de Alba. It's an apartment setting. It's, it's just, it's good. It's just, I mean, it's good. You know, praise God. We have completed 15 tours and we ain't got no complaints yet, y'all. I mean, glory to God. We don't have any like, you know, complaints to to speak of. That's just amazing. And I, I don't expect anything less for this trip that's coming up on, on April 15th. So please, please be sure to book. If you need that link, um, let me know and I will also post it when this um when this radio uh broadcast is released. Um, as a podcast. So anyway, listen, I got to get ready to get out of here. Um, but, you know, I always ask my guests what, you know, some of their favorite music from the 70s and 80s. And of course, Deborah had a lot, just like I do. But uh, we decided on What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. And I know when I think about that song, you know, I haven't really spoke about mommy too much lately. Um, maybe I need to do another show about mommy. But um, this this actually makes me think of my father. And um, I just remember this, this song playing. He had a girlfriend, okay. And uh, he was living in Glassboro. And he was living at Summit Ridge. I think it was called Summit Ridge. And I don't know why he had decided he was visitation or whatever. I have no idea what was going on there because my mother never spoke bad about him. My mommy was mommy was a she was a cool chick. But anyway, so we go over to his house and he had this 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 was his new album, I guess he had playing. And I just can remember being in his house and hearing the song and then going in his bathroom. And I see like many like new apartments at that age in my life. Because everybody lived in like older houses where I grew up from, where I grew up, and if they did have something new, it was a house, not an apartment. And baby, he had the uh, the bathroom, had the vanity cabinet, you know, oh my goodness. That's when I learned I had a real fetish for bathrooms. And um, because I always hated our bathroom, our bathroom at, at the old house, I couldn't stand it. Somebody had fixed the, um, fixed the uh, toilet in the back. And like kind of broke out the wall to fix the tank, I guess, and never ever fixed the daggone wall. Back then it was like plaster Paris on everything. And it was just so embarrassing to me. It was like mommy had made this old house beautiful, but I would just cringe when somebody had to go to the bathroom because I hated that bathroom. I hated those um you could see the slats in the under the plaster parish where nobody put that back, but um, and then mommy had like a sink around, uh, a skirt around the sink. Remember just the gooseneck sinks? And she had a little skirt around around it. Um, but in my dad's bathroom, it was like a cabinet. I went home, I told my mom, I said, um, I want to move with my dad. And you know, my mom, she didn't say nothing but, okay, honey, you, you let your dad know that you want to move in with him. And I didn't tell her the only reason I want to move because the bathroom was cute, right? Somehow, my infinite knowledge, and I was at way less than 10, I knew there's no way in the world my dad was going to let me move in with him. He just wasn't that kind of fella. 
you know, but my mom never said anything. And I really just wanted to move in there because he had a cute sex. You just never know what kids is kids is going through. But anyway, let me, I digress, you know. That's just what this song makes me think of. Let me let y'all get on out of here. Um, this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey. I love Glassboro, New Jersey. Right here, baby, on BlackCityRadio.com. Shout out to my main man, Daryl Spears, Elite Conversations Podcast Media for putting up with me all this time. Shout out to Black Ship Radio for creating this platform um, for us to have. And before I go, follow us everywhere. Black Expats in Panama, okay? And I love you, I love you, I love you. And there is just nothing you could do about it. All right, check you later. <laughs>